How are they different? Just a different mic. Well, yeah. I mean, these mics are very directional. So that's why a lot of the guests have such a hard time when they turn their head if you're not used to talking directly into it. I mean, you pretty much swallow the end of your mic every time you get on it. So you don't have an issue. You know what? If I come, if I'm right here, you get mad. If I'm over here, you get mad. I mean, I can't. There's a sweet spot that Chili can't find, all right? I know. We need to just have a headset that mounts to his mic, and when he turns, it does like this yeah. with him. Yeah, if you didn't make me have to look over at Blake so much when you say something crazy, it wouldn't happen as bad. Well, I do tend to say stuff. I do tend to say crazy things. I'll yeah. agree with that. Um. Welcome back to the 307 Podcast. I guess we're going to pick up on our mental toughness series. Is that right, Chili? Yeah, I think we need to probably round it out. Yeah, this will be number four. Um, talking about the uh, basically mental toughness and faith. That's what I have written in my notebook, whatever you want to title it. But uh, what is mental toughness to you anyways, Blake? Because me and Chili have had, we got Blake on now for the last episode of this four-part series. Me and Chili have had quite a trouble defining it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say it is the ability to be able to do things that you necessarily don't want, that you really don't want to do, whether it's physical, mental, spiritual, whatever. I guess mental toughness can be applied to any of the three areas, but... I would say when you don't want to do something, but you know that you can, the mental toughness is what makes you go do it anyways. Yeah. Well, and I define it as the, I think y'all don't quote me on this, the consistent proper reaction in duress. You know what I mean? And I mean, there's a lot, There's I think there's a lot that goes into, I think there's a lot of, maintaining the the whole lesson that we teach behind maintaining the standard that plays into mental toughness. So it's the proper reaction to it's making the right choice in moments of duress or pain or discomfort. Yeah, but it I mean, are you saying it can't be uh it, it can't be like it has to be over a certain period of time and, and some sort of consistency in consistency there? Consistency is a key, I think it's a key part because we talked about that in the first episode, how, you know, you can you can just have, there are people that can just have a good day or a good race or everything just lines up perfectly and they're able to push through. But can you do that consistently? Well, I would say that either one of them are mental toughness, whether you have a good day or you don't. It's just one person is better at activating that than the other. But they're both mental toughness. Like if you just have a good day and you're really mentally tough that day and whatever you beat someone on their bad day, that that doesn't mean they didn't have mental toughness. It just means that they can't call on it and activate it when they want it like the other person who is consistent in their mental toughness. I don't think the consistency makes a difference in mental toughness. For me, it was the foundation of it. I do. I think consistency makes a difference because if you're not consistently doing it, how can you really call yourself mentally tough? 
Well, I'm not. I'm saying in just defining it. Oh, well. Mental toughness doesn't equal consistency and vice vice versa. It is a good thing that you have to have. Like, it's a good thing to be consistently mental tough, mentally tough. But if I beat you in something today because you had a bad day. But, the, but it, see, that's the, the, you're, you're, now you're thinking results. along the, the lines of results. See, we've already, we've hashed all this out. It's oh, very well. complex, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really is. Yeah. That's why you should go to Grant Cardone and learn the seven steps to mental toughness. He simplified it all for all seven of us. Se- seven steps. Yeah, to or whatever he's got yeah, out we, now, whatever the the newest program yeah, out is. We've spent four, well, this will be the fourth installment of trying to figure all this out. Four hours, and we still ain't figured it out. But Grant Cardone has it, I mean, like that. Yeah, but he's lived it. You know, he's got the reps. What has he done? Um, I don't know who I he is. I think he was in real estate or something. I think he was into real estate or something. I don't think nobody knows how he's got. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you don't like him, go to Tony Robbins. He was homeless, then he wasn't homeless, then he said a bunch of stuff, and now he's famous. Tony might be better because I don't think he's got seven. I think he's got it down to five. <laughs> Chugger got it figured out, son. <laughs> See, here we are, bunch of dummies. We spent four hours hashing this out, and we still ain't got to the bottom of it. It's a, It really is when you start thinking into it, you know. Uh, I was hoping you'd have three. I, I was hoping you would have boiled it down to maybe three steps because then we could have beat out well, Grant I, Cardone and Tony Robbins, and we could have made a lot of money. I probably do. You just hadn't asked me yet. You just asked me about the definition <laughs> of it, just being able to push through Here, here's, when you don't want to. And here's the other question, you know, trying to define this, it's even hard to have a conversation about it because we are obviously approaching it from the angle of physical, um, uh, almost physical pain and discomfort because that's our wheelhouse, right? So then it's like, does is the ability to sit in front of your computer and answer emails or do QuickBooks, or or whatever, does that count as mental toughness? Yeah. I mean, I think so. It It is. If you don't want to do that, and you can mentally make yourself sit there and do it longer, how is it not? See, that's my take, too, but Chad thinks that, <laughs> that there's nothing that just the act, the unnatural act of sitting in a chair and typing on a computer, I mean, there just ain't nothing tough about that. I that, said it, what, it doesn't <laughs> count. It's not even real. But it, it's not, I think mental toughness is even the wrong word. It, it's like, maybe it should be like mental fortitude or something like that to where basically you can make yourself do something that you know is right and should be done even when you don't want to do it. Like, it, it's uh, it's almost like, can you make yourself do something that is going to achieve the result in the end over this temporary relief of whatever you're doing now. So if I get up from the chair right now and I say, you know, I'm kind of sick of this podcast. I'm I'm calling it. <laughs> I'm out. But then I say, no, you know what? That's not right because in the end, I need to sit here and I finish this and we'll hash it out. If I was in that predicament, then I would have the mental fortitude to be able to make myself sit here and get through this. Maybe maybe so, but it's not really hard. All right. So like this is this is the problem here because likewise, we've been talking about this for four hours. 
And there's been portions of this conversation where I'm racking my brain, me and Noah both, trying to get to the bottom of this conversation and draw some real lines and conclusions, and it just does, it's just not coming. And and I'm like, I'm I'm freaking tired of doing this, man. But it's in 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 reality, I think it's a good conversation to have. So instead of doing what you said and just getting up and saying, you know what, we're not going to do this freaking series, man. We're just like, I stay here and continue to think and work through this topic. I don't think that's mental toughness. I don't think there's nothing tough about that. I agree. I mean, personally. I agree. I'm a, there's nothing physically tough about it. But mentally tough. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just, that's what's hard, man. It, it, that's why it's hard. I, and I, I said, you know what? Mental toughness pertains to, in my mind, stuff that's actually hard. Physically hard. Stuff that, all right, if you were a Native American Indian living on the side of the Tetas over there, right, you had to be a mentally tough son of a gun. That, that, anything that, yeah, pertains to you, like just primal, like, that is that I don't but know. But you're man. only talk. You're only talking about one aspect. Because all that computer stuff is just fake. Wait, all this is fake. Man. But it's but you don't like that it don't day. Even you matter. You remember that day you blew like four fuses in here and you said, "I'm going to lunch. I'm sick <laughs> of this crap." And you left. I mean that you were. I mean, was that not tough for you? Not physically, but. No, you, it, you got so frustrated you left. It wasn't tough. It was all fake stuff. Well, that, then what? You that still argument, couldn't do it, fake or not. Okay. All right. Well, we, we won't. That right. argument don't stick with me. It wasn't tough, but you just couldn't handle it. Exactly. Why could you not handle it? Because it was fake. None of it really mattered. None of it really meant anything. Well, neither does it. We were sending out invoices to get money to run our business. How did that not matter? That's all. Money's fake. Money ain't even real. Well, that's true, but you can literally go down that with the physical stuff. None of that matters. Yeah, it does. It matters for your survival. Your survival. You don't have to run 100 miles to survive. You can can be able to run 10 and survive. There'll be, hey, when crap hits the fan and we need to send a message to the next village. We'll ride a bike. Okay. Well, that's fine, too. (laughs) Well, I'll run. All right. You know, speaking of running, it's a really it's really good for me to know that n- now I know for a fact that I can beat Chili anytime I want. I know that I am faster than him now. What would what? And so no matter no. when when we're running, no matter how if he gets ahead of me, I now have the the knowledge that I can beat him if I want to. Actually, you know what? I'm I'm not going to refute you or say anything against that because personally, I I shouldn't even say this. I like that you think that because y- y- what you're saying you think is you could beat me anytime. Yeah. It's just me. It's just if I just decide okay, anytime no, I decide I want to. No, I'm glad you think that because <laughs> whenever it really matters, oh, you're going to get your heart broke, son. I mean that's all that's all that means because you, you're gonna you're gonna build up so much confidence thinking oh look at that I beat him on the road which hey you did when we got off that power line and ran to the truck you beat me to the truck and we we were running hard I was trying to finish strong and <laughs> you beat me to the truck 
But all I got to say is if you think that means you're going to do that anytime you want, you're going to be depressed, and, and, man. You prove me wrong. I mean, well, Chad don't know how to buy from them gas stations quite I'm, like you do. I've done that journey stuff, man. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that's true. Chili does have experience in journey running. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot about that. He knows how to eat from them delis at, at the <laughs> gas station. No, I tell you. I Look, want keep please keep thinking that. This is what this is what happened. We we ran that power line cut yesterday. By the way, I see you guys out there running power line cuts now. Good on you. But um don't I, I mean if you are running a power line cut, don't get discouraged if it's absolutely overgrown with briars and brush. They all are. That's what they are. You're going to hit certain hey. little sections that, that are dirt where, where the trail's actually visible, but that's what makes running a power line cut hard is the steepness, and not, and they're never maintained. There ain't nobody running the power lines, Chad. There's some people that are... Well, they're at least posting that they're running power lines. So, power line cut, we got down off of it. That's a that's a good cut, by the way. That's a good yeah. little run. I can't wait to drag you up that thing, Blake. You're going to hate it. <laughs> You're going to absolutely hate it. I found five golf balls on the way up. I don't yep. know where they – I guess people hit them off the side. but There's that village up there on the top of the mountain. And then we got back down to the road – and of course, you know how Chili always touts his road running abilities, you know. So we're running back to the truck. That it's like a probably like a what a half mile stretch, Chili. Probably about a half mile from the power line to the truck. And so he he starts picking it up, and I'm right behind him, and I'm kind of drafting on him. But every time I go to pull up beside of him, he picks it up a little more, and he's not letting me pass him right. Finally, I said, okay, let's see what he's really got. And I pulled on around him and just steady pulled on him the whole way back to the truck. <laughs> I, I I mean, I looked back and he was he was way back. Once I, I never looked back until I got to the truck, but he was way behind, man. And I kept thinking, I kept thinking, this dude's joking me. I, I, I In my head, when I pulled in front of him, I thought he's going to fall in and draft on me. And then when we got about 50 meters left, he's going to come around me and beat me. I thought he was joking me. He wasn't joking me. He couldn't keep up. What happened, Chili? Well, you know what? I was probably, you could probably see steam coming off of my head. I was so pissed off. But I just, okay. The old bull. <laughs> hey, the old bull is getting stronger. If y'all thought I'm I was mad again, I can't get it out. If y'all thought I was strong at Mid-State Mile, <laughs> you don't even know well, what's that may, coming. That may be, but you don't know what's coming. I've got a. I guess I can say it pretty succinctly. Right now, I'm not where I've been before. Not where I want to be. Haven't been for a while. That's we've covered down on that. But just, I don't even like to say just wait. But I mean just. Your day's coming. <laughs> Sooner rather than later, too. Your day's coming. Uh, you know, I think there was a time in the past that you, obviously that you could beat me because you've beat me before at the Georgia Jewel. There was a time in the past when you could beat me. But 
there will never be another time when you can beat me. Because <laughs> the old bull has has hit his stride. And he's, he's coming in. You know, he's this coming is... into the years where he's going to crush everyone and everything. This is why we need a like a podcast clips channel so you can clip that right there, and then in who knows how long it'll take, few months, whenever we do race again or do whatever, and then I, we can just put that on repeat. You will never beat me again, Chili. Okay. Now I may let you finish in front of me. See, at, at, but but it, at a race? No, 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 not, no, no. Not, not if it's established that oh, we're yeah. racing. Yeah, yeah, we're going to we're going to do some more you know, established races together. We've done was, two. It was established on that pavement that we were racing. It became established without any words when you kept doing your thing, right? And I said, okay, <laughs> you know. So if it's if it's understood by both parties that we're <laughs> racing, you will never beat me again. The old bulls hit his stride. You're you're sitting here waiting. No, you're waiting on some big reaction. What am I supposed to say other than you're completely and utterly full of crap, dude? I mean, I hope you believe that. I want you to keep thinking that, but no. What world do you live in? You think you'll never? I mean, dude. Let's race. Let's race once a month, and I guarantee you, ten out of twelve of them. What? But possibly twelve out of twelve if we if we do set the terms beforehand and know what it is. I'll beat you every time. When y'all got when y'all when you passed him, did Chili look anything like that? <laughs> I think I did. To be honest with you. I wasn't doing too hot. And that's another thing, man. When we're training, I, I train. I stack everything against me. You know, you, you treat training like it's a race. He's got his hydration vest on and 32 ounces of water and snacks and, and nice, comfortable everything. Man, yeah, that's that, you do that for the races. I, I mean. Well, he just trains like he fights, Chili. Yeah, well, you should that you should train, train like, like you fight. you should train like you fight, but not in this terms. I don't think. I think sometimes you need to stack things against you, just see how you can do. Every now and then, that's good. But if you train hard enough, you're gonna find yourself in positions where things are stacked against you. Oh. And we 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 had that when we did our mission in Salt Lake. Oh yeah. I mean, you know what I mean, but. You know, I don't buy into that philosophy that you train through because here's the thing. If you train day after day without water, which is what you do, all you're doing is damaging. You're you're hamstringing yourself over and over and over again. And then when you actually find yourself in a position where you ain't got no water, I guarantee you, you ain't gonna do no better than I am. You, you ain't because, like, when I find I, I don't train without water, and then when I find myself in a position where I ain't got no water, you know what I do? I say, man, this sucks, but I just keep right on going until I find some water. <laughs> well, you, I would do not, that. Well, I would do that too, even if I train with water. Yeah, but you're I, hamstringing yourself in training. 
by not drinking water. And and you're getting no benefit from it. You think you think you think your body's adapting to this? No, your body needs water. Yeah. No, you're not adapting. You're, you're not making any adaptations. You're not going to ad- adapt yourself into not needing water. It doesn't work. You're hamstringing yourself. So if I you, don't need. You know, if you ever do want to prove me wrong and beat me at something, you might should start rethinking your your philosophy around training. No, no. Here, here's the deal. We're going to do some established races together. I mean, at least once next year. Probably more we'll, than that we'll coming up. Them. We'll do them when I say we'll do them. <laughs> well, I think we both have to agree. I mean, say we're going to do one. I just want to show up. I'm on top right now. I, I, I'm on top. You know what? We... we we were talking about doing that triathlon since, uh, you know, we, he backed out of it after we did the one in the morning for, as Team PT. He backed out of doing that one in the afternoon, but then we started talking about doing it again as an official day and racing. And so if I know the terms beforehand and everything, okay, we'll do that. We're going to do that. That won't be an established race, but we'll, we'll race that one day here soon. We need to we do it soon. We might do that Wednesday. If Blake will quit putting crap on the calendar, we could probably do it. <laughs> Well, we could have, probably could have done it today. You got time Wednesday? I'll have to look at the calendar. I'm sure I mean, we got time on there. We got time. If you we got time. You just said you got a call or something. I got a you call You put that three. on the calendar. I think we can be done before three. Oh, yeah. We start it. That's going to take me like four hours, so. Well, Heck. we don't wake up till about 930. Heck, y'all just do it tonight. No, I got Brooks coming home tonight. I got to go clean the house up. I'm ready anytime. Y'all do hey. it tomorrow morning. Chili might as well just stay down another day. <laughs> hey, gosh. I got out of bed. Um, I got out of bed the other, what was it, two mornings ago, about nine o'clock, whatever. I walked into the kitchen and Chili was laying on the floor in the kitchen, flat on his back. He was training for when, for when. <laughs> He was trying to ball state, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> he's there's a like couch, there's chairs and beds. Bed. He's laying on the floor, and I'm like, "Chili, how long you been in here?" Oh, I don't know, about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> laying on the freaking hard floor. He was you know either what? training for some sleeping stuff, or he just he he had deprived himself from so much water, and that was the last step he could take before <laughs> no. he could get in there. <laughs> To get him a glass of water. You know what? I don't do... Y'all think I do all this for training. I do it that way, like, to try to get some adaptations. I do it because I just enjoy doing it that way. Because that's just how I like to do it. Everybody conforms to the world. They put on socks. They put on freaking shoes. They drink water. They sleep in a bed. It's soft people, man. You know, I'm done with it. I ain't doing it, and I'm going to crush you anytime we race. Period. Point blank done. I'm going to have all my toenails removed because everybody has got stinking toenails. And I think, what the world? You don't even need toenails. Just pull them out with your leatherman. That's what I'm going to do yeah. when we get off. Yeah. I beat him up the up the House of Dreams fire road today. Did you? Yeah. Were we racing? I mean, I wore him out. I, I, wasn't, even, I wasn't even trying. We stayed together on the bike. I... We... Went up the House of Dreams. I mean, not together, but like I was ahead, he was ahead. We we came down the hill kind of together, 
finished at pulled into the bikes at the same time and then rode back together. I mean, wh- what are you talking about? We were racing. I mean, I just beat you. I mean, I at least expect you to keep up with me. The the fact of the matter is, if you could have kept up with me, you would have kept up with me. What? I mean, I wasn't... I know how you tick, man. I wasn't trying to race, man. Look, I saw him the other day when I beat him on that road section. He got in the car and started hitting his salt. He started hitting that salt bucket he <laughs> totes around. <laughs> This joker's it. This joker's depleted, son. He don't keep a chalk bucket. He keeps a salt bucket, <laughs> don't he? <laughs> no, I hit that salt when I got back in the truck because I ain't had any all day. I I've hit been it feeding a- him good. I hit it every now and then. I've been feeding him good, baby. That, that was you, just you lay you out of line on the on the table there, line of salt. <laughs> In, in between feeds, he won't eat or drink nothing though. I never go anywhere without salt. Really? Yeah. I go everywhere without it because everybody's always got salt with them. No, they don't. <laughs> they don't neither, just me. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I never go anywhere without a little bit of salt. We need to go to Tractor Supply and get him one of them mineral blocks. <laughs> well, what I was just thinking about doing bedroom. out back, pour out some of that deer cocaine, make him a little pit. He can get out there and kind of paw at it and lick the topsoil. He'd like eating that dirt. Yeah. That's right up his alley. That's yeah, got P twelve in it. I could see him kicking up, kicking up that deer cane, eating the dirt to get the soft out of it. He'd have a whole wallet big enough out there to swallow his car. <laughs> you know what? The That's only just his style, ain't it? I can't carry around a mineral block. That's why I just carry around the salt. But a mineral block at home would be nice. We might put you one in your bedroom there at the house and get <laughs> go in there and lick on it every, of an evening. Oh man. <laughs> All right, let's take a little break, and then we might talk about... Then we'll start the podcast. Yeah, we'll talk about mental toughness and faith as best we can. This episode was brought to you by Natural Rapport. I hope you guys have heard me talking about Natural Rapport. They make uncomplicated pet essentials that are gentle, safe, and effective. Why does this matter to me? Because we have two dogs at our house... And we don't have kids, so we treat our dogs like our family members, like our children. I know that might sound crazy to a lot of y'all. That's just how we are. We want to make sure that we give them the best treats and the best grooming products and all that stuff that they need possible. And Natural Rapport fits the bill for that. All right? All the ingredients used in Natural Rapport products are as close to nature as possible. Most of them are single ingredient. They're all made in the USA. Who wants to feed their dog that they love a dog treat that's made somewhere over in China? All right? Yeah. That's probably not going to be good. I'm I'm not big on the Chinese dog food uh, treat products. But, hey, guess what? We got Natural Rapport. 100% made in the USA. Yes, they're awesome people. If you guys love your animals like we love ours, go visit Natural Rapport on their website at nattyrap.com. I'll attach a link to their website in the show notes of this episode. Give them a follow on Instagram at Natural Rapport. And, of course, they've given us, as 3 of 7 podcast listeners, a pro code. It's just 3 of 7 project, all caps. That'll give you 10% off your purchase. Go check them out if you've got animals. Yeah, you're going to love them. Thanks, guys. 
I'd be wound up pretty tight too if I lost as much as he did. I like to win myself. <laughs> Gosh. <clears throat> all right, we're back with you guys. Um, all right, mental toughness and faith, how they, how they correspond. Uh, you know, Lord knows, there's a lot of the mainstream Christian population that aren't very good representations of mental tough men and mentally tough men and women. Um, you know, it drives me crazy to think that people within the 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 body of Christ or, or maybe mainstream Christianity when I say that I mean like the big mega churches and TV and the Christian celebrities that they think uh, maintaining some image of uh, of whatever just like peaceful oh I'm so peace and you know that that that's a, that that's some representation of what a Christian should look like. You know, I think that's I think that's a great part of our ministry. Is I think we do a pretty good job at saying, "Hey, if you want to serve Jesus, you don't have to be a dang pushover, man. You and if you want to serve Jesus, you need to tighten. You know, you, you you not that you need to tighten up, but like don't be a soft body." You know, Jesus won a soft body. The joker walked. I, I don't want to call Jesus a joker. I'm sorry about that. Let me take that back. Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, he walked, I would say, thousands of miles in the course of his ministry. I mean, he walked everywhere he went. I mean, look, we're going to give some examples of that here in just a little bit in Scripture of how mentally tough Jesus Christ was during his time on earth. And to tell you the truth, the fact that you serve a God that was mentally tough enough to go and get nailed to a cross for a bunch of sinners like us, uh, and if you, you want to look like him, you want to be like him, well, yeah, you ought to take, you ought to have, find some strength in that. I want Blake to tell the story of when we were at, uh, Mid-State Mile and over in Aaron's tent, there was a lot of prayer going on and John walked up and had a chat with you. I just want to hear that story because I think that's an interesting dynamic. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. I just want to give people a picture of how we operate because I'm leading you into this because I, I've, the whole point of this conversation arised when I was on a podcast interview the other day and the, the host asked me, do you have verses that you go to when stuff gets hard? What about your mantras? Do you go to them when things get hard? And and I truthfully answered him and said, No, they just are they just are who I am. Same with scripture. 
We read scripture every day. We 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 know it. We it, it's it. The word almost lives within us. So no, I, I don't. When when stuff gets hard, at a race, uh, what what? Of course, I'm coming at this from a physical angle again. I don't have some verse written on a, a card or that I have to say or just I know it's just me. Yeah. So I, I just wanted you to tell that story. Yeah, uh, we were sitting in your tent and John came over and I didn't realize they were doing it, but I guess they had been Aaron's team had been praying for him or whatever. So John comes over and he says, man, I see a lot of praying going on in Aaron's tent. They're laying hands on him. And, and, uh, he said, I don't see none of that going on over here in your tent. Uh, does, do you think that gives them some kind of advantage over y'all? Uh, or, you know, why aren't y'all praying for Chad or, or anything like that? And I just told him, no, I don't think it gives them any advantage. We're just here doing what, what we know best to do. And we have prepared beforehand and, you know, we're not asking for favor or anything like that in this, in this moment, we're just doing what we have lived our lives to do, what we have studied the Bible and what it teaches us to do. And we're just living it out here. That was that. Huh. Well, yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was a, that's a cool story. I think to see yeah. kind of the, the two pictures of that and, um, yeah, man. What do you think about what What do you think about this topic, Blake? About this specific story here, or well, yeah, about the story, or, or or you know, mental toughness as it corresponds to your walk with Jesus. I mean, either way. Yeah, I mean, I think the specific story is that uh, you know the story I just shared. Maybe there was something Aaron needed prayer for. I don't know, but. I don't even know they were doing that, but in in the moment, how I felt is that if you do the work beforehand, not that you don't need to pray to Jesus, but in the moment, it's time to get the job done. It's time to do what you're there to do, and everything before that, if you're doing what you should have been doing, then it gets up to that point, and you're prepared for the mission. And I'm not saying Aaron wasn't. Like I said, I don't know what they were praying for. Maybe he had some kind of injury or or something that, that they were trying to seek miraculous healing for in the moment. I don't know. But faith and mental toughness, I think they go hand in hand, and there's multiple places in the Bible that talks about prepare your mind. Um, in Romans, it talks about don't be conformed, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of verses in the Bible that talk about, you know, it doesn't use the words mental toughness, but it talks about specifically paying attention to your mind and developing it and preparing it for whatever it is that you're about to do. So obviously, there are some things that you're going to encounter in life that are going to be hard, that a weak mind would just quit and fold under. And if mm-hmm. you don't prepare your mind for those times in the future, then clearly, if you know, you read between the lines of what the Bible's telling you that, you have there's something you got to do with your mind to prepare it for those situations, and they're not calling it mental strength or toughness, but that's what we're calling it here, and I think we're talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, specifically preparing your mind. What? Why? Why do you need to be, or why should you strive to put in the reps in order to become mentally tough as a servant of Christ? 
Well, as a servant of Christ, you should at some point face some persecution in your life. Uh, that's part of being a ser- that's part of being like Christ. Yeah. And as the the culture the culture that we live in continues to move away from any type of belief in God or, or Jesus, that persecution and level and intensity of it is likely going to increase. Um, so, yeah, you should you should prepare your mind for that. You should become mentally tough so that you can endure that persecution and have the proper reaction upholding the standard as a servant of Christ. Well, it's an American problem is the thing. You go, I've never been there, but hearing your stories and other people's stories, you go over to these third world countries where Christians are there. You know why they're mentally tough? Because they have to be. Here in America, you don't necessarily have to be mentally tough. (laughs) You can live in America and not be mentally tough. You can fold up and and stay in the middle of the road. You can do well in America and not be mentally tough. Yeah. And that's why we're having this conversation because somebody needs to tell you that it's not okay. Just because you can get by and do well in America and not be mentally tough don't mean it's okay to be that way because there's going to come a time in your life where you're going to need to be. And if for some reason there doesn't come a time, then if you would have been mentally tough, then you could have furthered the kingdom of Jesus much more in your life than being in the spot that you were at. So if there's not a time where it's like a survival thing to where like, you know, I I might just die right here or quit whatever I'm doing because I don't have the mental strength to push through it. If that never comes, then you certainly could have done much better had you been mentally tough in the beginning. Well, and you were talking about, and I think you're going to relate it more to talk about how Jesus was mentally tough. And and you were saying you need to be mentally tough to handle persecution better. Uh, and in that way, you would be more like Christ. Well, just having mental toughness is being more like Christ because he had it mm-hmm. more than anybody's had it. Uh, so, so, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's not really complicated how valuable it is. Well, the Bible talks a lot about endurance, you know, in enduring this Christian life, enduring your life, and that is why endurance physical events translate i think so much over into biblical principles yeah yeah essentially biblical principles and it gives you a met a, a actual tangible experience that you can relate and say well man i remember how that was when i was doing this and here's what the bible's saying about how it applies to life and then it makes sense right you can kind of see how it would play out in real life if it's not in the in the actual moment that you're living in there. You know, and not and not to mention that if you are truly submitted to Christ, he's more than likely going to to send you into some uncomfortable scenarios, to some uncomfortable situations, to some uncomfortable places and conversations and and all that good stuff, right? That's what, if we look at the disciples of Jesus, we see that I think all but one 
actually were murdered for their faith and the mental toughness that it took for them. And most most especially, Paul gives us the, the, the most beautiful description of it when he goes on and says, you know, I've been wrecked at sea. I've been, you know, all this stuff that's happened. I've been in prison this many times, and I've read that verse before on the podcast. And, um, you know, have some expectations that if you are completely submitted to Christ and that is your mission in life, that as a um, there's a pretty good track record if you look back through Scripture and also listen to the testimonies that other men and women of God have, go ahead and understand that you're going to be sent into some difficulty. So that mental toughness is a pretty important component. I, I think as we talk about it more, really mental toughness is just a word that describes how well you can stay the course. You have this course in your life, and these things these things are going to come up, and how well can you stay the course that you have set or that has been set before you or that you have set out there and and get to it in a straight shot without well, I mean, wavering. That's why his definition is pretty good. Yeah. Consistently having the proper reaction in moments of duress. A long stay in the course, there's going to be moments of duress, and ha- consistently having the proper reaction is part of staying the course. Man, I think he, I, I don't think it's a perfect definition because I don't think there is one. Yeah. But, I mean, it's pretty good when you combine those two, you know, and, and you define what a proper reaction is, you know, once you de- have defined that and everything. I mean, I think that's a pretty good definition. Yeah. It, well, I mean, you know, most of the things I do are pretty good. Um so I expected that to be a good definition. I appreciate you pointing that out, though, Chili. Yeah, I read this first the other day. It's like something like pride goes before the fall or something like that. <laughs> something like that. And you know what that fall is going to look like? It's going to look like a triathlon where Chad gets beat. Thank you. Well, you know, I really like you bringing that out uh, in the conversation, you know, the ability to stay the course, Blake, because that's really the example that I wanted to take from the Bible uh, of Jesus Christ portraying mental toughness is exactly a picture of him staying the course that he knew. I mean, he he that's what he was here on earth for. Yeah. And, and it's the picture of him staying the course in that moment. Um, so this to me, of course, in the Bible, I think that you can find so many examples of men and women that portrayed that ability to consistently stay on the course, even in moments of extreme duress, as it pertains to their faith. All right? It's it's throughout, I think, examples all throughout the Old Testament. The, I mean, Job, dude. Look, you Go read about, about what that dude went through and, yeah. and stayed the course, man. Mm-hmm. Had the proper reaction when everyone around him was telling him to quit and he's sitting in a pile of ashes scraping his sores with pot shards and he says no nah, i ain't i ain't going to curse my god right <laughs> look at that man but here's a picture of jesus right here in the garden of gethsemane and uh, i'll read this to you guys as best i can then cometh jesus with them to a place called gethsemane and saith unto his disciples sit ye here 
while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Here's this moment of duress, right? Then he saith unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face, and he prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples and find them asleep, saying to Peter, What could ye not watch with me for one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. This is pretty cool here because now we see a picture of Peter not being so mentally tough, right? Yeah. Um, then he went away again a second time and he prayed saying, Oh, my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, then thy will be done. What is this cup Jesus is talking about? His situation, his circumstance. Yeah, this cup is him going to the cross, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to get to it, but, well, just keep going. Yeah, there's not much more left. And then he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, his disciples. And he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples and said unto them, Sleep on now and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand. And the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand and doth betray me. Well, yeah, you ask what that what the cup is. <laughs> I mean, it's really not the the physical beating he took or the death on the cross. It, it, it's it's the spiritual. I mean, he took on our punishment, mm. which was not. Our punishment wasn't to die on a cross. That's not what we were headed for. We were headed for hell, man. Yep. Like, he took the wrath of that on him and conquered it. The sins of humanity. The sins of humanity were on him. They, they came on him and overwhelmed. Well, they didn't overwhelm him. I mean, but, like, I think to call it a mistake, I mean, I kind of think it is. Like, I think it's a mistake to lean too much into the physical punishment he took. That was a part of it. And... and 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 it had to be done in order to get to the point where he literally had every sin of all time past present future on him that he took and defeated for us that was the cup man <laughs> that was the punishment this is why chili works works with us here this is why chili is on the 307 project team you know I look here in the in the notes here in my Henry Moore study Bible. This cup was nothing less than the cup of God's wrath against all the sin and rebellion of all men and women throughout the ages. Ha! Boy, I'll tell you what, Chili. <laughs> Blessings to you, my friend. It's the Chili Cochran study Bible. You are a you are a strong man of God. Chili has a magnificent understanding of Scripture. And, uh, boy, you know, and so that, that cup, when you look at it in that angle, is much more of a tough thing to bear than, than, a, than, than a physical, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm death. not. Yeah, I mean, the, the death on the cross ain't no cakewalk. But it, it was that. He had to go through that to get to the, the real <laughs> uh, punishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wrath of, you know. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's. Well, the reason people relate to the physical part of it is because that's all we can relate to. Exactly. Like, w- yeah. Obviously, we can say, yeah, that must be extremely significant exactly. to bear the world's sin on your shoulders, but we don't have any whatsoever feeling of what it feels like to right. bear someone else's sin. We, we have never felt that. Mm. But we can feel when something <clears throat> pokes us or pierces our skin or we get hit. We know what that feels mm-hmm. like. And so we can relate to, man, look how hard that was. But obviously yeah. this was so much more because this is what he's talking about. That's right. A, I mean, it's just, I've just heard people say before, you know, Jesus took the punishment on the cross for our sins. And I'm like, yeah, but you know what? I mean, what else he did or what that led to, what that meant. I mean, what he really did was took the wrath of God on him. Mm. I mean, took hell for us. That's it. So that that's, I, I mean, that's what should really be understood that he took for us. He didn't just take a bad physical death for us. He took that and all of our sins on him. So, I mean, that's a big difference, really, because there's been other people who have had bad physical deaths. Yeah. You know, um, but they didn't have the weight of humanity's sin on them. Mm. So, Dang, Tilly. Boy, you just rocked me good, man. It's nice to recall that. Good job, man. (laughs) Well... So we see, here's the here here's the moment of duress. Jesus knows the time is drawing near to where he does have to bear this burden. The proper reaction he has to this is spoken in the words, in my opinion, not as I will. Father, not as I will, but let your will be done. There's the proper reaction. And then we and then we see the consistent proper reaction as he goes through this three times here in the Garden of Gethsemane. Goes through this three times. Um, I don't know. There, there it is, man. Well, I mean, and even before that, you know, before he goes to the cross, it's in uh, John twelve twenty seven. We talked about this last night on Resurrected. Jesus says, now my soul is troubled. He's taught, He knows he's he's predicting his death on the cross. He says, now my soul is troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this purpose, I came to this hour. So he's saying, man, this is really going to, this really stinks. And it, I could say, Father, save me from this hour. But no, that's the whole reason I'm here. So that's a perfect picture along with those you shared of him staying the course, he recognizes this is going to happen. It would be really easy to say, Father, save me from this hour, but I don't even want to call it mental strength because it's so much beyond that, what Jesus had. But, you know, I mean, just the magnitude of it. But But now he was human. Yeah. and But he had the (laughs) mental strength to say, no, this is the reason I came here. I know what I'm about to endure and what I'm about to carry on my shoulders. So let's just do it. No, that's a good point because I think that's a, a a a part of that passage that is difficult for me to grasp. 
um, and the only way I can really understand it is, is that's Jesus once again setting us an example because to say your will and not mine, well, it, Jesus is God. It is his will. I mean, he was in the beginning, with, right? So, so it's not that it's not his will, but he's showing us how to properly react, I think. I mean, that's, exactly. a, that's a big part of what that is. It's not, because like when he says your will and not mine, it, it, well, no, it, it's his will too, but he's showing us to not act on our own accord, but to act on God's will for us. Um, I mean, it's all, you can literally, uh, that, that's how you figure out how to operate in the world is, is his example, so. Yeah, yeah. I think we can take a lot away from this man as as it pertains to mental toughness as a servant of Christ, and I, li- I like to bring up the fact too that you know Jesus Christ, he obviously he let us know that he also had an out at any time. I forget who he was talking to. I I want to say maybe it was maybe it was Peter. Oh, yeah, here we go. Just shortly after this, Jesus said to Peter, put up again thy sword into its place, for all they that take the sword shall perish by the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Jesus lets us know. Yeah. Hey, I got it now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can get out out of this anytime I want. And we experience that also as Christians and just as humans in general. You always got an out. You always got the chance and, and you know, you always got the chance to quit. Even if it's in sickness, you've got the chance to quit fighting. Right? Yeah. Jesus didn't take the out. He yeah. knew it was there. Wasn't the same thing in the in the desert for forty days and forty nights and the devil's coming and tempting them saying, Hey, why don't you you, you know Tell God to turn this bread into st- or this stone, you know, whatever, yeah. and basically give reminding him, hey, you got these outs. Just cry out to God, and and you got these outs. Mm-hmm. Just use them, and every time He shuts him down. Yep. Yeah, and that's a great model for us for mental toughness. I mean, that's what that is. A hundred percent. Partially, man. you know, it's yeah. don't take the outs. Yeah. <laughs> Stay the course, like you said. It's it's exactly how you should react in moments of duress. 100%, man. I, I think we probably should have started this conversation with this. Um, we should have started this in Scripture. We saved it for the last. We thought we, thought we were doing good by saving the best for last, but I think it would have actually helped us process if we would have started with this example which is the ultimate example of m- mental toughness on earth, which was portrayed by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he took the sins of the world upon himself and defeated them for us. Uh, you just can't top it. There's no, there's no, it's never been done before, nor will it ever be done again because it only had to be done once yeah. by the Creator. And um, I don't know, man. That's just some. That's some good stuff, man. And it should encourage you, brothers and sisters, to 
become mentally tough. Put in the reps. Prepare your mind. And be ready for whatever mission your father sends you on. I don't know. Y'all got anything else? Well, I just think it's important. You know, we we talk a lot on here and kid a lot about um, winning. Winning is good. We, we know that. But when we're talking about mental toughness, I think it's more about just enduring the process, like doing everything you got and sticking to your standard and letting the cards fall with where they may and in a physical event or whatever yeah try to win like run it like you're going to win it and that that's going to get you to the point that you have to activate that mental toughness but just because you didn't win the race doesn't mean that you weren't mentally tough as long as you finish what you set out to do oh yeah do y'all agree with that yeah we talked about that okay. yeah yeah in, in in other in other words but yeah not being results oriented that's not everything yeah i mean i just think i think people we, we talk about it on here a lot, and it's important. Sometimes we're kidding, sometimes we're not. But I don't want people to get the wrong picture and, and say that, oh, crap, I didn't I didn't win at what yeah. I just did, so that means I'm mentally weak. I should have been mentally tougher, and I could have won that race. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of times that's a question you got to answer yourself is, you know, did you really give it all? And that's a no- whole other thing, but I at least wanted to add that in there if y'all hadn't already talked about it. How about it, Chill? How about it, Chilly Wee? I think that was a good discussion. I mean, we might could have saved four hours if we had done this in episode <laughs> one. But uh I mean, I don't know. I think it's all it all works together. And it's a good I mean, maybe people will like to listen to it. Hopefully they will and kinda see us working through it. And yeah, I think I think we came up with some things along the way that kinda sent off a light bulb you know and then that right there tying it all together is as good as we can listen stay the course and don't take the outs yeah that will be done well all right guys i hope y'all enjoyed this series uh if you guys want us to uh delve the depths of our simple minds on any other topics uh let us know Shoot us a message. This was pretty fun. So, all right. Enough said.